It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning, and thy faithfulness every night, upon an instrument of ten strings, and upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. Psalm 92, verses 1 through 4. Welcome back to the Lift Bridge Podcast. This is your host, John Laurie, coming to you live from beautiful Duluth, Minnesota, where we are having a sun flurry. Um, at least we were earlier today. We had the sun shining and some snowflakes coming down at the same time, but the grass is still very green here. So we are very grateful for that. Uh, this is our wonderful deer camp episode, where we are celebrating that wonderful Northwoods tradition of deer camp. And we'll be telling you all about the first week and how it went for us as we head into the second weekend of the rifle deer season here. And it is a wonderful Minnesota tradition, uh, northern Minnesota tradition especially. Very excited to tell you about that. Also, we'll be uh, sharing some world-exclusive poetry written in the deer stand. So we look forward to sharing that with you. And remember, keep looking up. Well, in our first segment today, I want to give you a report from deer camp. We have been hunting in this section for several years now, and it has been just a great place for us to hunt. We're so grateful for it. One of our favorite places to be on the shores of beautiful Bay Lake, Minnesota. And uh, this year it is a, essentially, we don't have any doe permits. There's a lottery, um, and we are essentially bucks only hunters this year. So we that has made it a very different year for us. And uh, in fact, we've seen more deer than we ever have. <laughs> but they're all those so far. But it's just been wonderful to kind of have some not quite harsh weather. Some of it has been cold. The uh, first day was very cold. And uh, your blood just is not used to that, um, to that 20 degree weather at this time of year. And so it's really kind of a ordeal. Um, we were all very chilled, went inside and warmed up. And then later on, over the next couple of days, we started to see more things moving. Um, when the does started to figure out that, hey, they're not going to shoot at us, we started to see them more and more often. In fact, one night, um, they were, there was a trio that spent about 10 minutes looking up at me in my stand, trying to figure out why I was making so much racket with my antlers and <laughs> my doe phone. So uh, we have been able to see some deer, but... Uh, in other years, uh, they'd be fair game, that, not this year. So we are um, enjoying getting to see that aspect of just appreciating them. One of the things that has just 
blown me away is how quiet they can be. This big animal walking through all these sticks and leaves. Uh, you'll just look up and there one is. And you're like, how did that get up so close to me without making any noise? It was just amazing. Um, there's a little stream, Caitlin Creek, and we got to see them prance across it and lift their tails and, uh, you know, kind of as a farewell wave to us <laughs> as they were running off. And that was just really cool. Uh, another thing that we've noticed is just being in the woods, you get to see all sorts of neat things. In past years, I've seen things like a an ermine that had turned white and a fisher that was running through the woods. But this year, I got to see an eagle that broke a stick off of a dead limb and it was carrying it off to its nest. And it was just the coolest thing. You know, here are all these birds that have flown south and the eagle is working on his nest. And it's just amazing. Um, we got to see him a couple other times during the week working on it. And uh, it's just so neat to see them do this, you know, like just to see how amazing God made these animals. Like they're not these helpless creatures. They're very skilled. Um, sometimes you wish it was a little easier to hunt these deer because, you know, they're not very smart on the road, but in the woods they are smart. So <laughs> we are very, very, very blessed to get to see them in their natural habitat. Uh, one of the things that has come to mind as I have been on the deer stand are these words from Psalm 92 that you heard in the cold open. Uh, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. One of the things that's so special about deer hunting is that oftentimes it is, uh, if you're blessed to have a full day to hunt, you'll find yourself focusing on sunrise and sunset. Half hour before sunrise and and um, that time before and after sunset. So you get to see the sun come up and you get to see the sun go down. And there's just something so special about that time. And although I was not making a loud racket praising the Lord on my deer stand, as I saw that sun come up, I just could not help but remember these words and remember that it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. To, to just feel this weight of the darkness lifting off as that sun comes up and to just know, wow, God has given us another day to love him, to praise him, to serve him. That's a very special feeling to start the day like that. And it's also a very special thing to watch the shadows lengthen and the, uh, the glory of the sunset and to just know that God has a special timing. He's got the special order, the special way of doing things that's just so good. And um, that it's part of what makes everything work. And uh, to just take those two times, sunrise, sunset, to praise him. You know, there's many days in our uh, whatever we are. Are we post-industrial 
today? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever we are, uh, we don't get out into the woods enough to see the sunrise and the sunset. It's just so good to do that and to have those special times to praise God. So that's been a huge blessing. Um, also, it's wonderful to have the peace and quiet out there. Of course, opening morning, it can be pretty loud. It sounds like popcorn. But um, I've had a lot of nice, quiet times out there. And that has uh, led me to write some poems I'm going to share with you later on in the segment. But um, I, I know that uh, this is also a good opportunity to talk about um, some of the things I've learned as a hunter this year. Uh, one of the things that has been really neat is to try calling and using um, old, an old set of deer antlers that um, I found in the woods um, after uh, my dogs got into <laughs> this, uh, this deer carcass that had been left in the snow. I'm not quite sure how it got there, but the dogs found it, and I ended up finding these antlers that were on it and uh, harvested those off of the, the carcass and uh, I ended up using some zip ties to attach some string to them and this makes just a super handy way to um, simulate a, uh, a rut time fight between bucks and it's effective in bringing in different deer to here. Uh, my wife and I have kind of developed this idea of the the deer party where <laughs> we use the sounds of um, uh, from our doe phones to simulate a deer in estrus, a doe in estrus, and then the bucks fighting with each other. So we've got kind of like all of these sound effects going on and uh, we kind of call it the deer party because we had this young buck walk in to try to check out, hey, what's going on over here? And he ended up being in our freezer. So it's a pretty useful concept. And uh, the deer have, the does at least so far, have really uh, shown that they're very curious about it. Right now we are in an area where because of CWD restrictions, um, they are not allowing you to use scent. And scent is just, I love getting to use that because it's so effective. But we had to kind of rise above that limitation and find a new way to um, just work with what we had. And so this is just such a great way. We didn't spend any money on this set of antlers. <laughs> if you've already gotten a deer and you didn't mount the antlers, um, you can use an old pair. If you uh, enjoy finding shed antlers in the woods, you can use uh, an old shed antler. So there's a lot of cool things that you can do with that. And I know from what I've heard about moose hunting that this is effective on moose as well, using sounds to call moose in. In fact, I heard a story about a guy up in Alaska who had an old moose antler and he was rubbing it against a tree, which is a common moose sound. And he had bull moose coming in from all directions to check this out. He didn't know what to do if there were so many moose coming towards him. <laughs> so it's, it's useful to know 
um, something about deer, not just as a, a species, but as a kind. You know, they're very curious, they're very sound-driven, and it's wonderful the, what you can do with sounds and, and getting creative to try to simulate um, the presence of, of animals in the woods so they'll want to come and check out what's going on. And uh, even with the does that we haven't been able to shoot, it's been really neat getting to call them and see them come in. And that's been satisfying in and of itself. Um, so that's just a tip I want to pass on. Also, uh, our correspondent, Phil, uh, president of the Old Grouse, Hunter, Grouse Hunters Association, OGHA, Inc., for incorrigible, um, has told us from his stand that he believes that the rot has begun. So that's very helpful to know as well. Things like calling then will become much more effective as strategies. Um, if you get to hunt one piece of land over and over again, year after year, you kind of get to know the ways that deer use it. And the area that we're in, the deer kind of use this as kind of their shelter. It's not always their uh, highway, but they do use it as a shelter. And so oftentimes we will see deer more typically later um, in the season than opening day where they're just there and they're just hanging out. It's kind of once there's more pressure that we start to see them starting to frequent the woods. And it's just good to know um, how deer use your land and just be acquainted with that. It'll make you a lot less frustrated and a lot more strategic. And I used to be a much more easily upset or discouraged hunter until I was able to start to realize that deer do things that make sense to them. And uh, I did not have to put together a perfect athletic performance of hunting. I just had to know okay, when is it likely for them to be there? How can I help my chances a little bit? And then just be able to enjoy sitting there just for sitting there so that I wasn't impatient and going in when the deer would come out. And uh, it, it's been also just wonderful getting to see my wife get deer. And um, this year we're really rooting and praying for my dad, Phil, president of the OGHA, to... Uh, fill his tag. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in another episode. So we uh, have a great report for first week of deer hunting. Deer camp is going great. Caitlin has been making some delicious recipes. We've been eating well. I, in fact, uh, was very surprised because it's been cold out there, <laughs> but I, I have gotten a great appetite back and uh, um, got a nice pound of insulation uh, to <laughs> keep me warm out there because I've been eating so good. So that's been awesome. Uh, we're so grateful for the Lord's bounty at this time of year. And there's something that special about this time where there isn't any snow yet. He allows us to just see really neat and special things in the woods. We get to eat well. We've got a good appetite. We get to sleep well. And... Um, He's just so good to us. We love you, Lord Jesus. So we are thankful for that. Um, and I also just wanted to say, as an encouragement, maybe you haven't 
thought about hunting before, but I, I do think in this time of renewed interest in homesteading and self-sufficiency and getting back to the land, especially among Christians, um, there is a real opportunity to learn so much from deer hunting. It may be the first opportunity you have to butcher something big. Maybe the first opportunity for you to um, get a, a supply of meat uh, that's essentially organic, <laughs> very reasonable price. Um, really, you can learn so much from it. And there are so many people who are willing to teach you. There's also a lot of people, a lot of guys who have retired from deer hunting who have equipment that they may be able to give you at a reduced price or free. And they would love to be able to do that to help somebody else get into the sport. And ladies, you can get into the sport. Don't think that you can't have a lot of success at it. Oftentimes women um, end up finding out they are phenomenal deer hunters. So uh, like my wife just does such a great job out there. And she even um, has become the one who is more likely to field dress the animals. She's field dressed her last three deer. So we're, I am grateful for that. Um, guys, if, if uh, you found a woman who loves the Lord and can field dress a deer, get the ring. It's time. <laughs> so we are really excited about that. Um, stick around for our next segment, and I'm going to look forward to sharing some of my poetry written from the deer stand with you. This poem is entitled, The Man Who Made the Moon. It was inspired by that wonderful passage in the Gospels where Jesus is sleeping as the disciples are really frantic. And he's sleeping, he has faith, he knows he's safe. He knows they're safe. The Lord isn't going to let anything happen to them. He's got a purpose to fulfill. And so I hope that this poem is meaningful to you. I Oftentimes in my poetry, I like to just use a little bit of imagination. I don't know what Jesus was dreaming about while he was sleeping. But I thought it would be fun in this poem to imagine that he was dreaming about the moon that he made. And so, without further ado, here is The Man Who Made the Moon. Through taunting waves and tossing seas, he slept on watery Galilee. He slept in a foundering wooden boat he didn't need to make him float. And as he slept, the man dreamed of his handiwork, the moon above and how he hung it high in space to be a light the night to grace. And in his dream it came to mind how dimpled had become its rind, how fondly did he now recall shaping by hand that child's ball. By wisdom he had fashioned rock round face to serve as heaven's clock, and by a hidden motion train earth's waters to abiding rain. And by this tide, twice daily would, 
moved the waters he had called good, and provided it glory of silvery kind for watchers of the sky to find. Now he felt an urgent shake from men that wanted him awake. Master, master, don't you care? For us can a thought you spare? Then the maker of the moon did stand, and o'er the sea he stretched his hand. Tonight no moon he'd use to stay, his word the waves direct obey. Now all was peace upon the lake, the men might wonder if they were awake, to see such power, glory, bliss, and marvel, what kind of man was this? What kind of man who makes the moon, surrenders to a cross rough hewn, to pour out for sinners a crimson tide, blood and water from his side. So now when moon by night you spy, remember the man who made the eye, but who by faith greater sight gives to see indeed today he lives. In this poem, I'm going to share about a beautiful sight you can see at this time of year, the tamarack tree. And my stand overlooks one of these beautiful trees, and as you're looking, you can see most of the fall color is lying there on the forest floor, but there's still all these beautiful hints of color in the landscape. And so, one of my favorite colors at this time of year, where things become much more sparse and yet still colorful is that beautiful smoky gold color that belongs to this special tree. So this, the title of this poem is The Time of Smoky Gold. When maple boughs have all gone bare, save for dry orange handfuls like wispy hair, there is still the comfort of bright spruce green, and towering pines can still be seen. But there's still bright warmth when the wind turns cold, the tamarack, the smoky gold. The tall white pine is the eagle's nest, for pancake syrup, sugar maple's best. The cedar's skin is lined and strange, the oak burns long upon the range. But none so bright and none so bold as the queen of fall, the smoky gold. The Lord shows off his wise design in what looks like a yellow pine. A conifer not ever green, autumn is the genius sheen. So before the old year's tale is told, while the gloried limbs their needles hold, make yourself wealthy with smoky gold. Well, the old clock on the wall is telling me it's time to get back to deer camp and so we are excited to do just that hope that wherever this podcast finds you at whatever season of the year that it reminds you of a special time gives you that same feeling of gratitude for the special season in which god just shows us his goodness and what he gives and uh, if we are able to just be quiet and notice we can see so much that shows his glory 
and watching that sunrise come up just fills us with that desire, even if we have to be quiet, to just shout and give God praise and glory. So hope that you, just like uh, Hunter looking out at the landscape for gleams of color, remember, there's always color to be found in every season of the year, and there's always hope to be found in Jesus Christ. Keep looking up. <laughs>